Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Collar Lutherans podcast. Uh, today, I'm riding solo. Uh, I don't have my co-host, Matt Whedon, or, or anybody else here with me. It's just Vicar Winkler. Uh, and uh, before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to say a heartfelt thank you. Uh, you have been coming along with us on this journey of of these conversations, of these kind of air quotes, fireside chats that we are having together about life and Lutheran theology and how those two things kind of intersect with one another. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And I hope that y'all at home, those who are listening, are are also enjoying it, maybe even hearing some good news. Um, and if you have anything that you want to add, if you want to be a part of this conversation, please send in your questions, um, maybe even your comments, or if you have something to say where you're like, hey, I don't know about that. Maybe you guys are wrong uh, about X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. Send all of that to... Uh, blue collar Lutherans at Outlook.com. Blue collar Lutherans at Outlook.com. We want to hear from you. Uh, we certainly do. So now I'm going to get into today's podcast. And today's podcast is going to center around uh, fielding a question from you guys. And this question is is uh, one that I thought was actually really good and, and that, that people perhaps need to ask more often. And this question is simply this, what should I say at a funeral? Um, funerals are awkward. Uh, they, they, they can be hard. And uh, I know some folks that uh, <laughs> like funerals less than even going to the hospital. There's a dead body in the room. There's, there's delicate flowers everywhere. There's a bunch of people that perhaps you don't know who they are, or maybe you do know who they are, and, and you uh, wish to not see them in this situation. Maybe you've had to travel to a funeral, and you're at a church, or you're in a, a funeral home that's just uncomfortable. It's different. It's not something you're used to. What do we say during these times? Uh, and, and so often, uh, we can say the wrong things, or we can say nothing at all and avoid interacting with the person, which both of those things uh, aren't helpful. So saying the wrong thing is not helpful, and then trying to avoid saying the wrong thing, and then really just avoiding the person and, and not saying anything at all is also not helpful. Uh, grief is awkward. And encountering somebody else in their grief uh, can be uh, a difficult thing. We want to honor the family member or, or a friend or uh, a family member of a friend. But doing so brings us face to face with something none of us really want to have to face. So we get all dressed up, we make ourselves go to the place, and then we see the person in grief. We try desperately to think of something to say to make things better or at least a little less uncomfortable. And unfortunately, oftentimes, nothing sounds right when it comes out of our mouths. And this is because we all know death is not a good thing. And in spite of what we tell ourselves, it's not just a natural part of life. It's not. 
the death of loved ones leaves a hole in the hearts of somebody, and it changes everything. And just the simple fact of or uh, act of facing somebody else's death brings you face to face with your own mortality. Mortality that that can terrify us. That could be a scary thing. And we can't help but thinking selfishly upon the death of somebody else. We mourn for what we have lost, or what we feel relieved, or or we feel relieved that it wasn't someone we love or or cared about more. We feel awful for the person in grief, but we're thankful we are not them. These are all the kind of the feelings that accompany uh, our thoughts and when we come up towards somebody who is dealing with grief. Uh, and oftentimes it doubles down on our awkwardness and we sit there and say, what the heck do I say um, at a funeral? Uh, and death uh, was not a part of God's creation. Uh, death is the enemy. And so one thing to do is to try to avoid explanations. Try to avoid saying things that make it feel better. Uh, Things like saying, at least she or he is in a better place. And, And while that might be theologically true in one sense, it discounts the fact that the person who misses them would still totally rather have them here with them regardless of what heaven is like. And yes, it's selfish, but now it's hardly the time to teach a lesson to somebody who is struggling to come to terms with a hole in their heart. It also denies the theological truth that death is a bad thing. And even though the deceased is now free from the troubles of this life, it doesn't change the fact that they had to pass through death to be there. And God We know he sent Jesus to conquer death because life on earth is such a precious gift. Now, here's another thing that I have heard often, and golly, I've I've even heard pastors say this. Uh, They say, we rejoice with you that he or she is in heaven. Now, this one is similar to the phrase above, but it, you know, puts a little Christianese on it. it. It adds a religious component so that it sounds more holy. Uh, but don't do this. <laughs> we do not rejoice that the deceased person is no longer living. That's the antithesis of what we believe. We may be thankful that the person's struggles have come to an end. And we may even be happy for the deceased that they are now with the Lord. But do not, under any circumstances, force the concept of joy onto someone who has just had their life changed forever by the loss of someone they hold most dear. The Lord does not rejoice over their grief. He comforts them in their sorrow. And we should think about doing the same. Another thing not to say or to try to explain away is saying, well, I guess God just needed him or her more than we did, or God needed another angel. Uh, this, this is dangerous to say. Uh, Because we cannot make a value judgment about how much the grieving person needed their lost loved one. We, We can't say that God needed them more. No way. And this is also absolutely, positively, undeniably, theologically false. God is not lonely in heaven. 
nor is he so selfish to take somebody from this life where he put them in the first place just so that he can have them in heaven. No, 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 no. Biblically, God sent Jesus to conquer death once and for all so that all those who die in the faith would not stay dead, but would be in his presence until the resurrection of all flesh, until he comes again to undo all bad things, which means that they are not yet to their final destination, even though we know that they are promised to be with him. They are. They're in the presence of Christ. But... They're not fully whole until they are reunited with their body once more. The goal of God's plan is for all believers to be together in the new heavens and the new earth, not to be separated as we are now. So I, I hope that, that that makes sense, that the, the Lord, <laughs> when, when somebody dies, uh, it's a bad thing. And, and he sent Christ Jesus to come to, to conquer that. Um, and, and when somebody dies, they are in the presence of Jesus. But they're not whole. It's not done. The work isn't quite uh, fully finished yet. Christ has promised that he will come again, and he is going to wipe every tear from our eyes. He is going to um, undo all the bad things. Uh, for folks who cannot walk, they'll be able to run because they are going to be reunited with a perfect body. For, for folks whose uh, bodies have been taken over by tumors, they will be healed. For those who have scars and wounds on their bodies from, from self-harming or from any type of abuse, they will be gone and healed forever. And that's when the Lord comes back again with the new heavens and the new earth. And it's not God's goal or plan to separate us. He doesn't need us uh, in heaven. He, as a matter of fact, it's, it's much better when we are here uh, with those that we love. So those are some ways to, to not try to explain away uh, what's happening. God uh, is not trying to teach us a lesson. Um, it's just an awful thing that's happened. And, and that's one beautiful thing about the Lutheran Church is we get to say a thing what it is. We get to point out when something stinks, because death sucks. <laughs> it does. Um, so here's what you can do. Just be present. Be present with them. Forget trying to say the right thing and instead focus on being near and available for those who are hurting. This is especially true in the days and weeks actually after all the arrangements are over and those who are grieving are expected to just kind of move on. Visit them if you can. Call them. Send them letters. Uh, in ancient Judaism, there was this practice uh, of sitting called Shiva. And when someone died, it was expected that friends and family would come and simply sit with them, often on the floor or a low stool. They would sit there. And, and, and right here, you would say, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to sit with you. And, and, and this Shiva it represented that they've been brought low together by grief. 
and you have to be really careful about how you say that and and uh or how i you have to be careful about not saying anything because oftentimes um uh we try to not say anything. It's because we're avoiding the topic. No, when you sit with them, when you hug them, when you cry with them, that's different. You are grieving with them. And a part of the rule of Shiva was that you did not speak unless the mourner spoke first to you. And often our words get in our ways, uh, in the way of their grieving in our efforts we comfort them without really making ourselves feel better about, about the truth. And this is really what people need most. They don't need our words for their grief, but they need to know that they are not alone in it. Because that person desperately misses the loved one that's gone. Simply say, this sucks. I'm sorry. I love you, and I'm here. Uh, that's really the best thing to do. That's the best way of, of, of helping somebody deal with this grief. Uh, and really, like I said earlier, it's, it's most important to do these things uh, after the funeral's over. When the individual is expected to, to move on with their life, because grief, it doesn't, doesn't go away. It's, it's really during those times when they are left alone, when, when they have to navigate birthdays and holidays and the quiet times all by themselves. They aren't prepared for all the things that come flying at them from nowhere that remind them of their loss. They are prepared for feelings of hopelessness and purposelessness that surround them. And at first, they might hate being asked how they're doing. But don't stop. Don't stop asking, because eventually people do stop and they desperately wish somebody would ask them again. But keep asking. And, and, and help them to know that they aren't the only one who still is sad about the loss that they've experienced. Don't let them believe in the lie that they're alone. And oftentimes, others, they don't know how much the, they feel like that. They feel like they're the only ones. So, reach out to the person who has suffered loss help. And don't say, hey, if you need anything, just ask. That feels good, but oftentimes they never will. They just won't do it. Mostly, uh, <laughs> that's because we don't want to be a burden on people. And uh, sometimes it's a shot to the pride. So, better yet, don't ask. Just bring them supper one day. Find out what their favorite meal is and cook it. Uh, perhaps send a card or a note randomly uh, when they're in the midst of their grief. Tell them that you are still thinking about them and how much you missed their loved one too. It might seem selfish to talk about how you miss their loved one, but as a matter of fact, it 
helps people to not feel alone in their grief. And they might just appreciate you knowing that you miss their loved one too. So really to to summarize, you know, what should you say at a funeral? First of all, it's not really to say anything at all. Don't speak. Just be there. And after the funeral is over, then speak. But don't try to make it all better or convince them that they're doing better than they actually are. Just be a friend. Love them enough to listen, listen, listen. And care enough so that they know that you care enough. Well, folks, uh, that's really my advice on, on what to do or what to say at a funeral. Uh, and I want to end with one beautiful piece of Scripture. Uh, I didn't have it pulled up, but I'm pulling it up right now. But I'm going to end with a beautiful piece of, of Scripture that talks about Paul writing about how we, we grieve as individuals that have hope. And it comes from the book of First Thessalonians. It is the fourth chapter, and it starts here on the 13th verse. And he says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Yes, yes indeed. The Lord will come again. They are the de- the, those who are asleep and dead are in the presence of Christ, and when he returns, we will all be reunited. Every tear will be wiped away, and it will be such a joyous day. All right, folks. Uh, again, please feel free to send your questions in uh, to bluecollarlutherans at outlook.com. Again, that's bluecollarlutherans at outlook.com. The Lord be with you.